0: Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for April 25th, 2020. It's the birthday of one of my favorite artists, Cy Twombly born on this day in 1928 in Lexington, Virginia. Like his father, who briefly pitched for the Chicago White Sox, Twombly was known as Cy, after Cy Young. His father later became a coach and athletic director at Washington and Lee University. Twombly's parents were from the Northeast, so he traveled frequently to Massachusetts and Maine. But the South, with its sense of history and autonomy, ultimately became an integral aspect of his identity. As a young boy, Twombly ordered and worked with art kits he ordered from Sears and Roebuck catalog. His parents encouraged his interest in art, and at 12 years old, he started studying with the Spanish modern painter Pierre Doura. Following high school, Twombly began formal art training at the School of the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, then spent a year at Washington and Lee's newly created art program before moving to New York in 1950, where he studied at the Art Student League, meeting Robert Rauschenberg, who became a close friend and artistic influence. At Rauschenberg's encouragement, Twombly studied at Black Mountain College in North Carolina, and in 1952, Twombly traveled to Italy and North Africa with Rauschenberg on a grant from the Virginia Museum of Fine Art. Upon returning, the two artists had a joint 1953 exhibition at Stable Gallery in New York City, which resulted in such a hostile and negative response from the public that the gallery director, Eleanor Ward, had to remove the visitor comments book. Twombly's work at this time was largely in black and white and drew on ideas of the primitive notions of ritual and the psychoanalytic concept of the fetish, while taking inspiration from his European travels in these early works. From 1953 to 54, Twombly was drafted into the army, where he served as a cryptographer. On weekend leaves, Twombly spent time in his hotel room making scrawled biomorphic drawings, which he said set the direction everything would take from then on. While in the army, he also modified the surrealist technique of automatic drawing by creating compositions in the dark after lights out. These blind drawings resulted in elongated, distorted forms and curves that became distinct stylistic motifs in his later work. In 1957, Tuomli returned to Rome, where he met and married the Italian artist Baroness Tatiana Franchetti and moved to the seaside town of Gaeta, near Rome. Here, the artist was inspired by a more tranquil light tone in his work that also began to allude to classical culture and literature. Greco-Roman themes infused much of his work throughout his career. While in Italy, his work took on greater scale, and from 1966 to 72, Twombly created a number of large canvases that resembled blackboards, with light-colored loops and scrawls flowing across gray backgrounds, the work for which he would become best known. In spite of his persistent disregard for fame and recognition, Cy Twombly, along with Robert Rauschenberg and Jasper Johns, is widely considered to be one of the greatest American painters after abstract expressionism. His distinctive use of low art practices such as penciled words and scribbled crayon in the context of high art and art history was absolutely groundbreaking. I find myself defending my own love for contemporary and modern art from time to time, and Cy Twombly's giant canvases of squiggles are no exception. I work right next to the newly opened Broad Museum in downtown Los Angeles, where his gigantic house paint, crayon, and lead pencil piece, Nini's Painting, is on display. It's a nine-foot-by-nine-foot nine canvas of squiggles. I love it, and I can't explain why. But his seemingly random marks and splashes of paint are eloquently defended in this quote by MoMA's former chief curator of painting, Kirk Varnedoe. One could say that any child could make a drawing like Twombly, only in the sense that any fool with a hammer could fragment sculptures as Rodin did, or any house painter could splatter paint as well as Pollock. In none of these cases would it be true. In each case, the art lies not so much in the finesse of the individual mark, but the orchestration of a previously uncodified set of personal rules about where to act and where not, how far to go, and when to stop in such a way as the cumulative courtship of seeming chaos defines an original, hybrid kind of order, which in turn illuminates a complex sense of human experience not voiced or left marginal in previous art Friends of ours, Elsie and Sergio, used to have a framed piece that hung in their bathroom that read, modern art equals could do that, plus yeah, but you didn't I like that too Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.